apply to return in the fall. If there was any hope of being accepted into college, I didn't care about returning. And I didn't care about college. But I knew my father did. My first few days home had been explosive with his angry talk. But that was the past now. I think he was secretly glad to have me home. Since he wasn't an organized man, he quickly enlisted me to help sort and identify his specimens. So all this morning I'd been dutifully opening boxes and letters and taking notes, trying to stay focused. But I kept seeing those eyes of hers. Rachel. I'd only learned her name from my father on our way home from the academy. She'd filled my head as I slept. In my dreams I was trying to schedule a train trip to see her. The Pennsylvanian from Philadelphia to New York, arriving at Penn Station, and then a quick change to the New England line that would bring me to New Haven in another two hours. She would see me, wouldn't she, if I showed up at her doorstep? But the train schedules didn't make any sense. Columns of jumbled numbers and letters. And anyway, I was always running late and never getting to where I was supposed to be. And I woke up with my heart pounding. I wanted to talk to her. Tell her I wasn't a rash, cocky fool. Wanted to tell her I wasn't a mad brawler like my father. Quite a speech I had planned. I kept hearing her voice, catching her scent seeing her look up at me gravely. Just one meeting. No beauty, and an ass of a father. But she'd snagged at something in my heart. I dropped a fossil shell to the floor and went scrabbling for it. And that's when I found the Kickapoo Medicine Company crate under my father's desk. On the work table, I used a chisel to prize up the lid. Inside was a nest of prairie grass for padding and three separate burlap bundles. I'd only just started to unwrap the largest when I heard the front door burst open and slam shut. Father exploded into the room with a mighty sigh. It's too late, they say. All through the night, holding a handkerchief bulging with ice chips against his bruised cheekbone, he'd furiously rewritten his Elasmosaurus paper. It had already been slated for publication in the next issue of Transactions of the American Philosophical Society. He'd even paid, too much, I thought for a set of lithographic plates illustrating the glory of his find. It's already gone to the printers. He plummeted into his cane-backed swivel chair, the only chair without a stack of papers on it, and slouched his long legs shooting out. You're sure Cartland was right? I asked pointlessly. I knew the instant he said it. I blame that numbskull dentist Hawthorne for leading me astray. He assured me the skull rested near those vertebrae. But that was my mistake relying on others. If I'd been there, if I'd dug it out myself, there'd be no confusion. What'll you do? Buy up all the copies of the journal as quickly as possible. He didn't need to say what a huge embarrassment this was. He had no degree, no professorship at an esteemed university. All he had was his work and what he published. Everyone makes mistakes, I said, hoping to cheer him. Remember Agassiz? the Harvard man who fell for the Cardiff giant? My father smiled only briefly. Yes, it was Cartland who exposed that as well, of course. Well, you still brought the Elasmosaurus to life. Just a little... Backward, my father said, and we laughed together. Absently, he touched his bruised face, winced. That was a fair thrashing I gave him, eh? You thrashed each other. I got in more blows, I think. The parasitic carbuncle. Did you know how he got his position at Yale? Yes, you've...
He cajoled a wealthy relation into creating a department of paleontology, building it, endowing it, and now he's the chair of that very department. A series of rasping pants came from the Gila monster's vivarium. Have you fed her? My father asked. Just an hour ago. That's her hungry sound. She's getting fat. My father went to her, stooped and scratched her head. Old girl, he said fondly. I felt sorry for her, pacing her small home with her splay-legged gait. Sometimes father let her have the run of the workroom. But once she disappeared for several days, and Mrs. Saunders refused to come downstairs and cook until we had found her and gotten her back into her vivarium. Father let her out less now, since neither of us enjoyed going hungry. Father's distracted eyes turned to the crate I just opened. Anything good? Did you know you were using this as a footrest? He made no reaction. Not sure he even heard me. He already had one of the burlap bundles open in his hands and was staring, his face very still.